Well, I've talked plenty on the show about what expansion possibilities could be in the Pac-12's future should the conference remain intact. But over the weekend, we heard from the commissioner himself about how they're evaluating schools. And we'll talk about who that might lead to them one day adding. Again, if everybody can stay together, let's go. Our Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pac-12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin, D1 play-by-play broadcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Conference of Champions. Like, comment, subscribe wherever you're listening to or watching the show right now. Thank you to everybody out there who has done so already. Five-star views on Apple Podcasts. We like those. Likes wherever you're watching and listening. Appreciate all of that good stuff as well. And a little bit more follow-up from what the commissioner, George Klyovkov, said over the weekend. And look, is there still a feeling that he could only have a job for two more years? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Or maybe in a couple of years, if I'm still hosting the show, which I would love to be, because I really enjoy doing it, and I hope uh, at least some of you out there enjoy watching or listening to me do the show. But... Maybe it's just covering a completely different set uh, of teams. Maybe it's, you know, the former Pac and Mountain West that is now the Pac-12. I don't know. We're, we're going to uh, dive into that a little bit because he made some remarks when talking about conference expansion. I found uh, a pretty interesting and noteworthy because he laid out his criteria uh, after saying that, you know, the Pac-12 is aggressively uh, pursuing expansion. He laid out his criteria for how they, as the conference, are evaluating schools as potential members to add to replace USC and uh, UCLA. And again, I feel it is noteworthy to add, none of these additions, whether they would admit it or not, they probably wouldn't because it's not something that you want to say publicly because it looks bad when generate a bunch of negative headlines and whatnot. But nothing that you can do is going to replace the media market value of Los Angeles. That is not replicable. So when I come on here and say, like, well, they might go with this team because the media market's there. Some people might think or even hop in the YouTube comments and say, as uh, many of you often do, which is fine, oh, well, that's not the same as USC or UCLA. Like, nope, that's not a thing that's going to happen. You're not going to find the equivalent. You have to make the best of what you got. When you are given lemons, make lemonade. It might not be lemonade that you could sell at $3.50 a glass and get away with it, but if you could sell it at $1.50, that's better than uh, just selling straight lemon juice or something of the sort. So I'll stop with that analogy now and get into what he said. Uh, What he listed is the first reason that they would consider adding a school. The first thing they're looking at is the media market that that a team brings that that a program brings to the conference and that that's a, a very understandable and I think logical place to be if you're the commissioner and if you're the Pac-12 in this precarious situation right now 
because w- without the LA market, you're just losing so many people. You might not lose it entirely because you know uh, a, a small handful of fans of other teams have probably moved down to LA at some point in time, but you're not getting the the viewership uh, of playing USC or UCLA and everybody down there into your conference every week, uh, and it's certainly not comparable. So. I think that's a smart way to go about it. He also, uh, he had a pretty fiery, feisty tone. Uh, you know, I talked about that yesterday on the show about how he's uh, he's not backing down. He's coming out and he's going to try and throw his best punch. Uh, you know, whether or not it lands like a, a six-year-old younger brother taking a swing at the 13-year-old big brother, like we're going to see. But that's uh that that's just the mindset that he clearly has is he's pretty ticked off by all this and uh he did not miss an opportunity in there to throw a jab at Larry Larry Scott because you know he said the reason we're looking at the market size and the the media that you the media attention that you'll bring to the conference uh, is because he said quote we're behind we have to add more revenue because of past decisions <laughs> I'm all here for the shade, man. Larry Scott was not good at this, and I think George sees that pretty clearly. And he didn't have to name names, but we all knew who he was talking about with uh, that particular line. And you have to add more revenue because of past decisions, yes, and also because you're losing the L.A. market. So that's the, the first criteria that he listed. The second one is athletic value. And this is where the conversation starts to get interesting. If you were to put everything on a point system, you know, for for a particular school, I, I think some schools or programs, because let's be real, we're looking at football first and foremost, and everything else second. You're looking at how competitive they would be and weighing that against the media market that it brings in. And this is where I, I think the conversation surrounding Boise State would be interesting. I think from an athletic value standpoint, Boise State, a team that has beaten Pac-12 teams numerous times over the years, will have another chance against Oregon State this season and has been at its peak a top 10 program nationally. I, I think that's you know a, a school that has a lot of respect from fans across the country and in this region as well. Pac-12 fans are very familiar with Boise State. And, I mean, their, their men's basketball team as well was just in the NCAA tournament. I believe they won a game and almost beat – or did they lose to Memphis? They lost to Memphis in the, in the first round there. It was just a bigger, more athletic Memphis team and such. But their athletic value, I think, is higher than their media market evaluation. But compare that to, say, UNLV. Las Vegas is a bigger TV market to go after – but gosh, the athletic value is so low. I mean, they haven't been good at anything in a long time. I've seen some of you commenting and uh, talking about how it's just been a disaster and I don't want UNLV and they've been bad. And I agree with you, but they get major points in uh, in the considerations here for being in Las Vegas where the conference has its football championship game now, lest we forget. So I think that that also plays into UNLV's favor there. Uh, the other factors an academic and cultural fit I think he's kind of saying that for show. <laughs> I mean, if you were to get a couple of schools from uh, Texas, like in retrospect, would they add schools from the Big 12? Yeah, if they could. I mean, I'm sure he wants to. They're not going to come, but if he could, he would definitely add them. That's uh, not necessarily an academic or cultural fit. You know, Oklahoma State is not an academic power, but sure, they'd take them. Again, that's not going to happen. Uh, but like TCU's been mentioned as, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. What they should have done in, in the past at, at this point is maybe taken a look at those sorts of schools when the, the Big 12 announced they were going to lose Oklahoma and, and Texas to the SEC. 
Um, but that's not a, a cultural fit per se. Uh, so I think that's overblown a little bit. And then the effect on student athletes. And, you know, he talked a lot in his opening remarks about, I think we've lost sight of the student athlete. Yeah, I, I think that's 100% true. I also think that as it pertains to the Pac-12 expanding, you're going to do what is in the best interest of the conference because that's your job. And you're going to try and make the logistics logistics work as best you can for, for the Pac-12. And the student athletes are going to have to ultimately endure the, the travel and the schedule and all the adaptations and whatnot and competitive balance and that sort of stuff. Um, but you're, you're making decisions first and foremost as the Pac-12's commissioner, not as a union representative of uh, the NCAA's student athletes, of which there is not one at this time. But that, that's what he laid out. I, I think all of those... I mean, those top two bullet points definitely uh, lend themselves tor- towards one program that I've talked about extensively here on the show. I'll tell you who that is after I tell you that as you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. George Klyovkov would probably be using LinkedIn to find people if they uh, you know, jump ship because they didn't think the Pac-12 had a long-term future. He'd want to go here because it's a professional network, the largest in the world of over 810 million people. Did you know that every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And George Klyovkov hopes he won't be among those job seekers here in a couple of years. Um, <laughs> sorry, that was kind of mean. But it's also like kind of realistic. So anyway... Uh, the, the school that I think benefits most based on this list that, that Klyovkov is laying out has been kind of the top option for a while, and that's San Diego State. Uh, the Aztecs, I was thinking of their mascot there for a, a second, bring you a San Diego media market that is you know, a, at least considerable. It's not Los Angeles, but it's the Southern California area. You would have plenty of athletic value. That, that's a team that... You know, it's not just capable of men's basketball, but they've been very prolific in football. They beat Utah last year down in San Diego in a three-overtime thriller. I think they get smacked by the Utes in Salt Lake City this year in a revenge game. But uh, uh, that's certainly the number one uh, academic and cultural fit. Yeah, San Diego screams <laughs> Pac-10, Pac-12. Uh, and the effect on the student-athletes w- would be pretty minimal there because it's right in the geographic footprint. So based on what he's laying out there, that's the number one team they're looking at. Who the number two is, it, it, it could be a number of teams. It, it, it really could. I, I think that if media market is first, UNLV's got a leg up, but I wouldn't sleep on a team like Fresno State. I, I wonder if they're just going to do two. I, I think that's the biggest thing to, to watch out for here. Um, also, on the San Diego State note, he said that Southern California is, quote, very important to us, and it, it should be. So that kind of reinforces that they have to be calling San Diego State. Like, that's that's got to be the... Uh, uh, the option there. And we'll talk a little bit more about SoCal here in just a, a moment. But I, I wonder whether he's looking at two, or he's looking at four. He said they're aggressively pursuing expansion, but is that four Mountain West teams? Is that, you know, try and go find two teams in Texas, uh, like SMU and UTSA or North Texas, somebody like that? Or, um, I don't know, try to go poach someone from like way across the country and just ignore geographic uh, location altogether? I don't know. Um, but I, I think that there, there are a lot of, you could make a, a number of cases. In fact, it'd be kind of fun. Um, like if I were a, a judge and I had cases being presented to me for, for each, each school, I think you could do that, right? <laughs> you could say, 
uh, you know, here's the case for Boise. Here's the case for like Utah State. Uh, that's been good in some sports and, you know, beat a Pac-12 team in a bowl game this uh, this past year. I'm uh, pretty sure they won the Mountain West, too. I think they beat San Diego State in that game. I could be wrong. Uh, Fresno State is is also a team that would be viable. Uh, I've mentioned Boise. Maybe Nevada. Maybe they go UNLV Nevada, just try to take that state. I don't know. There are a number of options that could happen there, but I think you could make a, a case for each one, and then you'd have to weigh these factors if you're George Klyovkov, and I'm glad I don't have to do that because that sounds like a, a really difficult job, though San Diego State seems like a, a no-brainer based on those criteria. Another interesting remark he made in these comments. He alluded uh, to the fact that Los Angeles was not going to be removed from the the Pac-12 entirely once USC and UCLA leave for the Big Ten. I wonder if that means he wants to play games in SoFi Stadium. I mean, it's brand new. It's incredible. It looks amazing on TV. It's very well known at, at this point. They just had the Super Bowl there. I that That's just... Something to follow uh, should the conference uh, make a move there. There's not another football school, you know, in, in the Los Angeles area per se, but I don't know, maybe they'd set up some non-conference showdowns there with with a Pac-12 school and maybe they did an alliance or something, you know, not like the Big Ten alliance where they just went back on it entirely, but like an ACC or uh, an ACC alliance perhaps where you'd say like, hey, why don't we schedule you know, some of our biggest uh, our, our biggest and best teams each year for for a non-conference for a non-conference game and play it at, at SoFi Stadium. I thought that was fascinating because play a game in that stadium, people will pay attention just because they'll say, oh, it's at SoFi. And you put a couple of, of well-respected teams and, and brands in there, then you, you could definitely get some eyeballs onto uh, onto that particular game. Uh this was uh, th- this was an interesting note as well. He said that he's not had a formal overture from another conference, which I'll expand on with regards to the Big 12 here in, uh, in just a moment because there has not been a retraction with regards to the piece I mentioned uh, a few episodes ago. Uh, but he did say that they are not pursuing a partnership with the Mountain West. Now, what that meant to me is that they're not looking to merge conferences on, you know, and form a super West mega conference or, or something like that, right? That would include all of these teams, right? San Diego State, UNLV, BYU, Boise State, Utah State, Fresno State, right? A- everyone would come together. He said they're not pursuing that, but that's different. And I don't think ruled out, you know, what I've been saying, which is Mountain West teams have to be on the expansion list because he said they're not pursuing a conference level partnership that's different than going out to an individual institution and saying, Hey, would you like to come and join our conference? By the way, you're going to get a lot more money, which is a pitch he can make to uh, any mountain West school in there. Um, but so uh, let's go to the second topic of today. And this is a, a mailbag question by Tim Meyer via the YouTube comments, which is one of the four ways you can get a question answer here on the show. Tweet with the hashtag AskLOP12 or just DM me at Smalls underscore 55 or at LO underscore Pac12 to get a question answered here on the show. Uh, This is the last week I'll be recording episodes live as in uh, the night before, which is what I typically do, day or two uh, before they drop. But next week I will be on vacation. I will not be doing uh, live episodes unless like a really really juicy piece of news comes out. You can still get in touch with me. 
Twitter DMs, again, at LO underscore Pac-12 or at Smalls underscore 55. Shoot me a message. I'd be happy to respond to you on there if you have a question uh, over the next couple of weeks, starting next week, right? I'm here this week. Get a question answered. I'll break it down here on the show like I'm about to do here with uh, with my friend Tim. Tim Meyer asks, if the Pac-12 wasn't interested in the Big 12, uh, why did Pete Thamel report that the Pac-12 presented the Big 12 with three different merger options. This is also like a six-part question, so I'm just going to go, I'll lay them all out, and then I'll go one at a time. Also, what will it take for Oregon and Washington to sign a grant of rights with the PAC if the rest of the PAC needs to give those two a bigger slice of revenue? Does that mean the eight other PAC schools will earn less than the Big 12? Question mark. I don't know why I said question mark. If the PAC expands with G5 schools, I'm such a goof. If the PAC expands with G5 schools, how much does that dilute their shares? If the G5 schools that are being talked about added revenue, wouldn't the Big 12 have included them in last year's expansion? Okay, so we're going to answer all of that because there's a lot there. And I love the multiplicity of questions. Good word right there. Multiplicity. And I'm going to answer all of them, Tim. After I tell you about Built. If you haven't tried the Built Bar Puffs yet, you're depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Ready, set, cookie dough. Boom. Covered in chocolate. Got little clumps of cookie dough in there that the chocolate's melted over the top of. That's right. Built has done it. Again, all the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, you have a chewy marshmallow in the middle of it. It is delectable. Absolutely fantastic. 160 calories, a whopping 15 grams of protein. You can go get yours now at Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15. Get 15% off your order. It's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, that was quite the tease uh, <laughs> before the uh, the ad read there. So let's let's get to all these questions. We're going to go one at a time from Tim. If the Pac-12 wasn't interested in the Big 12, I think they were, why did Pete Thamel report that the Pac presented the Big 12 with three different merger options? That was a piece that I read here on, on the air or referenced at, at least last week on the show that the Big 12 and the Pac-12 merger talks had cut off. Now, those reports did not mention the commissioners by name. So there, there's one of two things that could be in play here the way that I see it. Number one, this is purely commissioner speak from Klyovkov, and he was just glossing over it and uh, assuming people weren't going to do their, their due diligence and dive into it and think about that, that sort of stuff. Uh, and he's just kind of rolling with and saying, no, 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 we weren't really interested in that. And it's just, you know, commissioner speaking, right? Like coach speak, uh, but for a conference commissioner. The second option is that those negotiations did, did take place. And Pete Thamel, very legitimate college football reporter. So he's not just making stuff up. He's not pulling pulling stuff out of you know where to you know write something on ESPN.com. It is also possible that those talks were taking place, but maybe never made it up to the commissioner's level in that they weren't having face-to-face -face conversations or they weren't directly involved. So that if they did come apart, as they did, right, where the Big 12 eventually told the Pac-12, no, we're not interested in those particular options, then it's something where the commissioner could say, no, no, I wasn't wasn't involved, wasn't there. I don't think that's particularly, particularly likely. I'm just saying that's a possibility. My guess would be, you know, I, I don't think Klyovkov just sent out uh, some, some deputies. That's not the right word. Um, Oh, yeah, I guess deputy commissioner of this. Yeah, okay. Uh, sent out some some lower-ranking officials to make an offer and gauge the interest. 
he had to have been involved at least in some sense. I, I just can't see that completely being handled by people who are uh, who are not the commissioner and him just not being there at all and only wanting to involve himself in the talks if they were to progress to later stages. But maybe uh, you never know. Not what I would think, but those are kind of the options there. Um, but my, my best guess there is he's just trying to kind of gloss over it and you know, not focus on the fact that the way that that was reported, recall, was that the Big 12 told the Pac-12, nope, we're not interested in your proposals, and we're content with uh, the expansion moves that that we're pursuing right now. So it's a better look for him to say and understand that not everybody is going to have this particular context or be following it, you know, down to the minute detail every second of every day, the way I am and many of you are as well. Uh, that, that they're going to just say, oh, well, they weren't interested in, in this. So that, that would be my guess there. Next question here from Tim. Uh, thank you for the questions, Tim. Seriously, I love answering questions here on the show. Send me all the questions you want. I'll answer them uh, to the best of my ability. Also, what will it take for Oregon and Washington to sign a grant of rights with the PAC? If the rest of the PAC needs to give those two a bigger slice of revenue, does that mean the eight other PAC schools will earn less than the Big 12? So... And there's two things in play there with with those two questions, which are which are kind of one. Oregon and Washington, it's pretty well established at this point, have listened to offers from other conferences or have been considering it, been tied to it. And I think if they got an official offer from either the Big 12 or the Big 10, especially the Big 10, but if it came from the Big 12, too, I think they would be willing to to go and at least explore that opportunity. And I, I would lean towards uh, they, they would accept it. However, that is dependent upon what the what the media rights deal will look like for the Pac-12 and when these offers come about, right? If the Big 12 offers Oregon and Washington a spot in their conference next week, and I'm talking about those two teams because that's who Tim is asking about here before some of you get upset, if the Big 12 were to make that offer next week, I, I think they would say yes and, you know, wave goodbye to, to the Pac-12. And then that would probably trigger other schools uh, to examine making a, a similar move or exploring uh, a similar move to see what options were available to them. But it's important to remember here that no Pac-12 school, not Washington, not Oregon, not Utah, not Stanford, not K- nobody on an individual level, is operating from a place of leverage. They all want to join other conferences or might want to join other conferences. I haven't spoken with officials at the university, but I think it's easy to speculate from the outside and say they're interested and they and they should be. But if, if, if they want to go, that doesn't mean they get to just go. Right. The conference that that they would potentially join has to actually come with the offer there. But if the Big 12 decides ultimately, no, we we don't want or need any of these teams right now. We're going to stay with with what we have. Then that's all it would take for Oregon and Washington to say, yeah, we're just going to stay put because they wouldn't have any other options at that point. It's not like they can force their way into the conference. Right. They have to go through an application process and the conference has to say yes. Um, so that that's that's the first part of it. The the second part is if you're George Klyovkov and the rest of the Pac-12, would you be willing to give unequal revenue distribution to certain teams to entice them to stay? 
I understand how that sounds, and, and it's not great, but you have to consider the alternative. I think some schools would be on board with it, and others would not. I think if you told Oregon State and Washington State and probably Cal as well, maybe ASU, that, hey, you're going to take a little bit less so that we can keep the Pac-10 together or make it the Pac-12 or, or the Pac-14, whatever whatever becomes of it. But these schools are going to get a little bit more, but in return, they're going to stay and then we'll remain a conference. I think there are some schools that would say yes to that because the alternative could be much worse. Think about schools. Let's say Cal, uh, you know, doesn't uh, get the the approval from the Big Ten, who, according to a report I talked about on the show last week, is evaluating Stanford, Cal, Oregon, Washington for Big Ten expansion, but is not reaching out to the schools. They're evaluating them in-house. Let's say Cal gets left out of those uh, conversations, which is totally possible because they've been so weak athletically for the last decade or so across a, a variety of sports, at least the ones that people pay the most attention to, football and men's basketball. Cal would then be in a similar position to Oregon State, Washington State, which is if all this realignment happens and the Pac-12 just kind of dissolves, they're not going to get a Power 5 invite, right? That that could very well happen. Arizona State may be in that class, but they'd probably get be able to get an invite to the Big 12 unless the Big 12 decides, ah, no, we're good. But the point I'm getting at here is some schools might be willing to say, all right, you can give a little bit more to these schools if it means they'll stay and we get to stay in uh, the Pac-10, 12, 14, or whatever it becomes, because that's better than going to the Mountain West, where the money is going to be way lower, even than what you get in the Pac-12. Like there is a a sizable gap there in terms of conference payouts for for what you get uh, as as a member institution of that conference. So, is it possible that they need to give a bigger slice to some schools to entice them to stay? Maybe, yeah, but that depends on how serious the talks get between each school and uh, each school and a given conference that's looking at them as a potential expansion team. Because, and again, it's a tough spot to be in if you're Klyovkov and the teams in the conference who are operating from that perspective. Because then what you have is you have to know what's going on in those conversations or if they're taking place. And Klyovkov has admitted he knows the Big 12 has, you know, quote-unquote lob grenades at, at teams remaining in the Pac-10 and, and the schools that are still in the Conference of Champions to try to get them to, to come over. But he's got to have some sort of bargaining chip if those schools are serious. But if they're not and they really do want to stay in the pac then maybe he doesn't have to entice them with a, a bigger offer. Um, so I hope I answered that question uh, decently well. Uh, if the pack expands, there's a couple more in here to wrap up the show today. Lots of good, lots of good stuff. If the G5, if the pack expands with G5 schools, how much does that dilute their shares? I haven't studied the media numbers, and I'm not a marketing media rights network executive expert. So I, I'm not totally clear on how much money a given power or given group of five school could bring to the Pac-12 compared to how much it uh, you know would would dilute the revenue sharing in that sense. I think that's why media markets are such a big consideration for Klyovkov, and he said they're they're the first consideration. I think that's why they're in, they're going to end up being that because you project you project strength. And have some depth in your conference if you add schools 
like let's say it's San Diego State and, and UNLV because those are probably the top media markets on the West Coast that uh, that you'd have access to that have uh, that have football programs. If you did that, then what you would have is uh, a Pac-12, but you don't know how much that's taking away compared to what you were going to have before, right? So if you just stuck with 10 teams, is it better to just share the revenue amongst those 10 or is it better to bring in those other two and then see if that can add some value there or is it going to end up being less in the payouts and there's short run short run versus long run considerations there because you know maybe San Diego State will prove to be more valuable in five years than they are right now if they join a Power Five conference. Uh, it's it's a little bit hard to say. And then the last question here: uh, If the G5 schools that are being talked about added revenue, wouldn't the Big 12 have included them in last year's expansion? I, I don't think so. No. Um, obviously the, the schools that the big 12 added were ones you would have liked the PAC 12 to have considered <clears throat> BYU, uh, back in, back in the day, of course, in, in hindsight, but I don't think just because they haven't been included in conference expansion yet, doesn't mean they can't bring any value. There might be other programs that bring more value, right? Cincinnati fresh off a of college football playoff appearance, you know, even a couple of years from now, they'll still have that reputation. They'll still be a, a good team by the time they actually join the big 12, I believe it's 2020. 25. That's obviously more valuable than adding like a UNLV that's in a pretty good sized market in Las Vegas, but is also a really bad football program for the last 10, 20 years or so. Um, but I, I don't think that there's nothing to be gained from, from adding a, a group of five school to the point where Klyovkov should say like, ah, well, you know, it's not those schools, right? Adding these is not what, what they're doing over there. So we just shouldn't do it. Like, no, you have to make the best of your situation even if it's not as good as what your competitor is doing, it's probably still better than uh, than doing nothing. So thank you for the questions, Tim. Uh, keep them coming. Again, hashtag AskLOP12 or at Smalls underscore 55 at LO underscore Pac12 are the Twitter handles. Hop in the YouTube comments as well. I monitor those. That's where Tim asks the question. I appreciate everyone listening. See you next time and have a wonderful rest of your day.